Well, good morning. Nice to see you. I would like our focus this morning to be on womanhood. Does that make sense? So that maybe there are women who have not become mums yet can still feel included in this message today. And it's not just for women, so you don't have to have ovaries to enjoy this. I trust as the gentlemen listen today, they'll go home with a, wow, my girl's awesome. Or, wow, I've got to get me a girl like that. Put a ring on it. So, let's lean in this morning and see what Holy Spirit wants to say to us. You know, in many parts of the world, women are devalued. They're considered dispensable. They're not afforded the same opportunity of education, social standing or advancement. But I have to tell you that Jesus championed women. He elevated them to a position of prominence in a culture that was hostile towards him. Let that be our example. Come on, you need to talk back to me here. Let that be our example. Let us all champion the course of women. We don't want to supersede men. That's not what we want. We want to be elevated to a position of honour in the same way that we honour and love and respect our husbands. Does that make sense? Thank you. All right. There's a beautiful lady. She's no longer with us. Her name was Ruth Bell and she was Billy Graham's wife. And she said, as a mother or a woman, it's my job to take care of what is possible and trust God with the impossible. Can anyone relate to that? I can do my bit, but there's stuff that I just can't deal with and I've got to get on my knees and my face before God and ask him to do what only he can do. That's a lot like the way it is for each and every one of us. It's been said that the best thing that a father can do for his kids is to love his wife. But what's the best thing that a woman can do? I'm so glad you asked. Proverbs 14 verse 1 says, A wise woman builds her house, but a foolish woman pulls it down with her hands. Let's read that again. A wise woman builds her house, but a foolish woman pulls it down with her hands. So how can we pull down our house? Well, the first weapon that we have is our words. I'm going to ask a whole lot of rhetorical questions this morning because I want you to consider them and I want you to think about them. And ask them to yourself. Do we speak words of encouragement and love or frustration and impatience in our household? Are our words seasoned with salt? Everybody knows that salt brings healing. So are our words a balm to our children, to our husband? Paul drops a sobering thought in Ephesians chapter 4. Let no corrupt word 
proceed out of your mouth, but only what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Are my words like that? Good challenge, isn't it? Colossians 3.20.21 says, and every parent loves to, to sprout this to their kids. Children, obey your parents. Because this is pleasing to God. But the next verse says, mothers, fathers, don't provoke your children lest they become discouraged. I used to like to quote that back to my parents when they do the whole, children, obey your parents. I'd throw that back. Now, provoke me. Yes, I was one of those children. Provoke means to irritate by harsh yelling, nagging or humiliating. Yuck. Who wants to do that? Not me. Are my words seasoned with salt? Wow. This is a very powerful way that we can pull down our house. We can actually destroy our homes with our mouth and the way that we speak. The second way that we can pull our house down is with our actions. Luke 6, 45 says, A good man, woman, out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. But an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If it's in there, it's going to come out. So then we have to ensure what is in there is wholesome, is building, is life-affirming, not pulling down. We don't want that one. I can remember years ago, I had a parent-teacher interview, a teacher, by the way, um, an interview with a parent. Her daughter in grade seven was causing strife, coming between friends, starting rumours, just being divisive. And we had so many hormonal year seven girls in tears and friendships fractured and everything else. So I called this mother in for an interview to just hey, this is what your daughter is doing, this is how she's behaving, and this is the damage she's causing. And this mother looked at me and said, I have no idea where she gets that from. I don't know why she would be doing that. And then it was almost like the penny dropped. And she said, oh, she's probably heard me complaining and talking about my friends on the phone to my other friend. She's probably heard me bad-mouthing them. And I can remember looking at her and thinking, you think that might be the reason? Do you think she might be copying your example? I can remember David leaning up against a fence one day with his arms just resting on this fence and just put his foot like this leaning on the fence and just so I walked up next to him on the next rail, two rails down, put his little arms there looked at how David was standing, tried to work it out on one leg so he could copy what David was doing. Who knows, that's exactly what our children do. We leave footprints in the sand for them to follow. There are some footprints we don't want them to step in, but it's too late, they're already there. 
that's why it falls to us to be conscious of not only the words that we use, but the actions that we have. I want to put a challenge out to you this morning, as much as I'm putting a challenge out to me. Are we consistent with what we say? Do we tell them how important they are to us and then let everything else come before them? When they're trying to tell us about their day, are we too busy texting or watching TV or cooking tea? Do we tell them to honour God and his word and then not do it ourselves? Do we relentlessly highlight their faults and shortcomings while not paying attention to our own? That's that whole speck in your own eye, log in your own eye, seeing the log speck in your brothers. Children will follow our example whether we like it or not. So that's why we need to make sure that our words and our actions are congruent. Our attitude is the third way that we can pull our house down. Jesus tells us that people will know that we are his followers by our fruit. So then we should all become fruit inspectors, yeah? Serious. Someone can say they're one thing, but if their actions do another, what do you believe? You know the saying, your actions speak louder than... Your words. So then we need to make sure that the attitude in our heart is one that is reflecting the fruits of the Spirit. Do my actions and attitudes of heart match my words? If they don't, our kids will see it. Other people will see it. Now as homemakers, and I know this is a gross generalisation, but as homemakers... We, as women, tend to set the tone for the house. Now, my dad used to say things that, you know, he was king of the one-liners. I can remember this saying that he, he said a number of years ago, if the cook's happy, the house is happy. Put your hand up if you've heard that. If the cook's happy, the house is happy. And I can remember hearing that for the first time and I said to dad, that's a load of rot. And he looked at me and I said, you're telling me that mum sets the tone for the whole house. And he said, pretty much. And I said, so if she's burry, nothing else is smooth in the house. And he said, pretty much. And I said, that's incredible pressure to put on her, to always be buoyant, to always have a sweet spirit, to always have a great attitude, to always have positive affirming words coming out of her mouth. She's not superhuman. How can you do that? He said, oh, no, 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 you've taken it a bit far. And I thought about it and I thought, I know plenty of women who, if they don't get their own way, get the sooks. Just keep looking straight ahead and no one will know I'm talking about you. Plenty of women, if they don't get their own way, they get the sooks, the huffs, silent, the family get the silent treatment. You know people like that? That is awful. Right answer, baby. That is awful. That is awful. 
Now, I know to a certain extent we do set the tone in our house, but the family shouldn't be walking on eggshells just because you've had a bad day. The encouragement is come on, step up, grow. You don't have to be like that. You can make other choices. We should all be seeking to outwork, outlive, put shoes on the fruits of the Spirit. This isn't just relegated to women. Men, we all should be doing this because that's what it's called to be a follower of Christ. Colossians 5, and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is how we are supposed to be living. I liken my Christian walk to something like, I don't know what they're called, but you know those, you, you can go to a playhouse and they've got those things that jump up and you have to whack them with a bommy knocker and then something else jumps up. Have you ever been, what's it called? Whack-a-mo. Any, mole. Anybody, anybody not know what I'm talking about? Yeah? I liken my Christian walk to that. It's like, oh, thank God, I finally got, finally got patience sorted. Whack, up comes kindness. Yeah, nah, not so much. Whack, gentleness. Woohoo, I'm working on Oh, no, wait a minute. Faithfulness. It's like I'm constantly doing this. Got it nailed. No, I haven't. Coming back. Yep, sorted. No, no, I haven't. Coming back. Yeah, oh, no, I'm coming back. We're, none of us are going to be perfect before, until we stand before the Lord, but this is what we're supposed to aspire to. These are the things that we are supposed to be emulating in our lives, all of us collectively, not just women. I um, remember this story when we were living on Bribey Island. I'm talking about, talking about children who copy and mimic, so we need to make sure our attitudes are right. We lived on this corner and, and our pool was leaking and um, it was running out, dribbling onto the footpath. And it was a wide footpath and the postman used to come tearing around our corner, do a burnout skid and then pop letters in our letterbox and keep going. So the motorbike tyre treads would be like this deep and, you know, you're trying to mow like this and, oh, I was getting angry. And David would put up, a, put up string to keep people off the footpath until we sorted it out. He would drive around it but go through this puddle again. And I got that way. I started to call him the brainless postman. Look at the brainless postman, what he's done again. Madeline, the whole of two, ours both came out talking, so... Hole of two, I'm getting her out of the car one day and the postman is putting a Kurong package, a Christian book package in our letterbox. Talk about smack up the head by Holy Spirit. Putting this package into our letterbox. So he's turned the motor off. He's still got his helmet on but he's turned the motor off because he needed two hands to shove this, open it and shove it in. I get Madeline out of the car seat. I put her down, close the door, and she goes, Oh, Mummy, look, there's the brainless postman. I'm going, Hey, how you doing? Picked her up and took her inside. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Another time, we were in the car. She's in the car seat behind us. Someone cut David off in traffic. Whack, we hear from the car seat. What do you think you're doing, you stupid woman? And I'm looking straight ahead. And I feel David's eyes 
boring a hole in the side of my head. And I turned and looked at him and he said, she gets that from you. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. She does. Cut from the same cloth. I need to watch my attitude because my kids are going to not just look at it and observe it. They are actually going to copy it. I used that um, opportunity to grow a little bit spiritually. But there was another opportunity for more spiritual growth and a better teachable moment. I had David was calling for what we were talking about, a special um, offering at church and um, a building fund, I think it was then, on Broby. And um, I just, a silent prayer to God, I would love to bring an offering, God. I was an at-home mum. So I'd stopped teaching to have the kids at home and I wasn't earning an income. And so I just made that silent prayer to God. Now, we would have given, but I wanted to bring something of my own. Silent prayer to God. I got a phone call from the school to say, hey, can you come and do a two-week contract for me? And went, yeah, sure, I can do that. Um, so Josiah was at daycare, so that worked. But the, the contract was one week of the end of term and the first week of the second term. So they had to pay me for the two-week holidays and I only worked for two weeks. That was amazing. And I sat the kids down and explained to them, because I told David this is what I'd prayed, we sat the kids down and we used it as a teachable moment to say, we are so grateful to God. He heard my prayer at that time, they were giving away tickets, half-price tickets to locals for Dreamworld and Movie World and SeaWorld and everything else. So we used that opportunity to take some of that money and take the kids to SeaWorld because we hadn't ever done that. And I was able to give an offering, bring my own offering. So again, using an opportunity as a teachable moment to keep our focus on God. You know, those seeds that you sow in your kids' lives, they will come back. They will come back. Our kids are not where they should be at the moment, but we still regularly get phone calls asking us to pray. Got a situation at work that I can't deal with. Can you pray with me? And, and I'm cheeky and go, are you outsourcing your prayer life to me? No, Mum. Will you pray first and then I'll pray? Okay. They know where to come. Why? Because... We have used those things to continue to sow the seeds of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. See, in Psalm 145 verse 1, it says, One generation, one generation will declare your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. Question, are you doing that to your kids? Are you doing that? Are you declaring the goodness and the faithfulness of God even when it's not, you're not in the land of plenty? Are you rehearsing those? Are you declaring those things to your kids to give them an understanding of the majesty and the awesome power of God? I want to ask a hard question this morning. What kind of home do you want your children to look back on years from now? See, we determined that we were going to create memories that our kids and our family could reflect on for years to come. So we did things that didn't cost a lot of money. We went kayaking, camping. We visited grandparents for the holidays. We, we did road trips. As they got older, we 
went to the theatre to see The Lion King. You know, things like that that were like, oh, wow, wow, these are creating memories that we as a family now draw on and reflect what a wonderful time that was. We intentionally created family traditions. So our kids, alternate years, put the angel on top of the Christmas tree and they can fight about it all they want, but if it's an odd year, it's Josiah's turn. If it's an even year, it's Madeline's turn. We have a baked dinner usually on Christmas Eve because Sunday or Christmas Day was always frantic for us and we always I wanted to be in the, included in the celebrations and things, didn't want to be in the kitchen. So it's a hot meal the night before and then salads and prawns and ham on the day. That became a family tradition. On their birthday, they get to choose what's for tea, what kind of cake they'll have. Didn't have to be able to spend a lot of money on gifts. It was just the little things. Still, if they have a birthday, we'll prop the iPad up and we'll have a meal together. Them in Sydney and us here. And we're all together for a birthday. We do dorky things like ring them on their birthday and sing over the phone now. Happy birthday. Those, and if we don't, we get a text, where's my song? It's like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> they love it. Those are the kinds of family traditions that we've set that we can reflect on even years to come. Another thing, they have watched us honour our parents, our ageing parents. They have watched us do that. And they, in turn, have learnt how to treat the elderly. They adore their grandparents. And they honour them because of our example. And now they honour us because of the example that we have set for them, for how you honour your parents. These kinds of things, children just don't learn them via osmosis. They don't just suck it into their skin. You have to actually model it and demonstrate it for them and have an attitude of honour that they can look at and go, that's how you do it. That's the way we treat one another. I can remember we had a time, you know, we had a few of those days <laughs> when um, we were just having a very difficult time. Who remembers a lot of things that, their first child dinner, then kind of forget a lot of things the next one. Am I the only one who's guilty of that? Yeah, it's, it's like I remember, I remember lots of things, lots of memories, but I just, I just forget. Maybe it's because she changed our world, so it was like, wow, life from now on will be forever different. I just remember those things. We'd had a challenging day, a very challenging day, because she was always very... Um, strong-willed and she was a lion child that let us live in our own house. Anyway, um, as a, as a three-year-old, David came home from work and she climbed on his lap and took his, her, his face in her hands and said, Daddy, I won't ever leave you. And David said, don't you ever threaten me like that again. And she looked at me, looked at him like, what? Oh. <laughs> but, Daddy, I won't ever leave you. The truth is they do. They do leave. They grow up and they move out and start their own lives. The best thing that we can do for our kids is to raise them, teach them how to fly, 
and then watch as they saw. They are going to leave us. But if we've built our house right, and if we leave the light on, they will come back. Now, the light can represent lots of things. The connectedness that you have as a family, the closeness that you have, the faith that you have, your unwavering commitment to the goodness and the faithfulness of God, the closeness of the bond that you share as a family. Those things can all be lights that will draw your children back. And that's what we're praying. That's what we're praying, that the many seeds that we have sown over the years are going to reap a harvest. They're going to look back at the light that we've left on and go, hey, in a dark world, where can I look for hope? Where can I look for encouragement? Where can I look for stability? Who's going to actually tell me the truth? (laughs) That's a big one. And they look And if we've left the light on, it'll be our place that they come back to. I never, ever lied to our kids and told them things. Now, this is your own journey and this was ours, but I never lied to our kids and told them there was the Tooth Fairy, Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. Did they get Easter eggs? Absolutely. Did the Tooth Fairy give them 50 cents? Hey, it was the 80s. All right. Yes, absolutely. Did they get Christmas presents? Without a doubt. But I often remind them of the fact, I've never lied to you, so I'm not lying now. This is how it is. You can trust what I'm saying. This works. And they go, oh, yeah, okay. That's leaving the light on. That's leaving the light on. So today... I hope that you've been encouraged with the words that you use, with the actions that you reflect to those around you in your sphere of influence, with the attitude with which you carry yourself through life. Do I have it all together? Not a chance. Am I still growing? Absolutely. So I don't stand here as someone who's got it all together in all three of these areas and go, follow my example. I stand here this morning telling you, I too am broken. But by the grace of God, I'm becoming strong in those broken places. Why don't you bow your heads and let me pray with you this morning. Can the worship team please return? Thank you. Father, we thank you for this time together where we've been able to look at your word and be challenged. Lord, that's what your word is for. It's not just light and fluffy. It's actually a standard whereby we are supposed to be living. So, Lord, this morning, as we've been challenged and encouraged, Lord, I pray something of this message will Stay with people as they leave today. Lord, we want to be doers of your word, not just hearers. So, Father, help us to highlight some area that we know Holy Spirit has his finger on in our life. And we go, yeah, my attitude needs to change. Or, I've got a set of garden and a watch over my mouth. It just runs off on me. 
or my actions need to line up with what, what I'm saying because they currently don't. Whatever it is, Father, today, I'm praying that, Lord, we would find ourselves in this message. Lord, we would acknowledge our, our weakness and we would accept your strength. Let a beautiful exchange happen here today, God, as we exchange our weakness for your strength. Lord, our ashes, our broken dreams for your beauty. Lord, as we give you our mourning, our sorrow, Father, replace it with the oil of joy. Lord, we thank you that we carry your abiding presence with us throughout this week. Continue to breathe over our lives. Continue to grow us to make us more like Jesus. I ask that for each of us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's good, hey? That's great. Hey, listen, we've got a few more biscuits in here. So first, can we... um, can we make sure that if your mum's not here and you can get one to her, babe, can you go and stand at the back? You can be the, you can be the, the guardian of the biscuits the <laughs> and uh, make sure that we take one. But, but, but don't, don't, let's not leave a single biscuit in that box today because you might be able to give that away to a neighbour or a friend and say, hey, um, happy Mother's Day. Let's open that door of kindness uh, to share the love of God in a very practical way. So let's just something in your hand this morning the little banner the, the, the frame's going to be out in the outer cafe uh, so go and grab a photograph with mum uh, out there don't forget to pick up your kids and sign your kids out of kids church but apart from that one we stand to our feet we've got one song left to sing i think we're going to do one more song and then we're going to close this service today god bless you church